So welcome back to the podcast, everybody. You are in the team room with the Ones Ready crew, two of us, and we're here to fix the pipeline. Hey, I noticed you're drinking out of a Cardo Max uh, cup. Is that right? No, no, no. Is it too soon? Too, too, too soon to do a Cardo Max ad read? Hey, if you want to achieve your max, dump a bunch of caffeine in your body. They also have hydrating stuff. Check them out. Cardomax.com. Promo code one's ready. No big deal. Sorry, I think there was a, a glitch, which is not going to come through on the video. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. You went into Cardo Max, and I was just like, I don't, I'm not going to say anything because, <laughs> so that's probably just awkwardly me staring at you while you're like, well, I was, I'm sitting here going like outside to side going, are you, you going to answer or <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, um, so today we were going to kind of pull the string on, uh, well, wait a minute. Are we fixing the pipeline today? We're going to fix the pipeline today, right? Let's fix the pipeline. Okay. We're fixing pipelines today. Where do you want to start though? Well, I mean, it's hard. So like I released a video the other day or we released a video the other day talking about the IFT, right? And 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 my opinion on on how to streamline that process a little bit, and and really my my objective when it comes to everything is not what whether or not what we're doing is good or bad. I'm a I'm a streamlining guy, right? Like I want to make things as simple as possible for for as many people as possible. So um, I think as we go through the process, if we if we had our our way for a day, if we were both, you know, you were the the CSAF and I was the SimSAF, I think. Sure. If we were the bosses, how would we structure the pipeline based on our experiences and everything that we know um, in, in a perfect world? I don't know. Boy. Does that makes any sense at all? Yeah. Well, okay. So starting, hmm, are, are we going to start from like development wise? Are we going to start from, because I, I don't think starting there is right. Because I'm actually... Yeah. Oh, just ANS. Yeah, that's right. That's a big monster. Okay. Um, hmm. Well, ANS is like the crux, right? Like, so like I, I was thinking about this the other day. If I went in and made a video of like, hey, this is what I think SWIC should be, the candidate course, it doesn't like SWIC is based on ANS, right? And everything that comes along the rest of the pipeline. And then development is based on SWIC and the IFT and all these other things. And so really the crux of everything uh, now that dive school is maybe yes, maybe no, depending on which way you go during the SWOV uh, shred out, um, it, ANS will drive uh, all the changes to everything else, in my opinion. Okay. No, so, I, I'm game for that. Um, you have more. I mean, I've I've actually gone, I think, twice now and seen ANS at different portions, but it's still been a little while since I've seen it. Um, and I know that it, it, changes every class i mean yeah. it's a it's a living breathing course i think they're they're getting a lot more uh consistent about it like i think they they know what they're doing now and so here, here's one of the, my problems with talking about this right is like i know a lot of the guys down there working and i'm not saying that they're running a bad course like it, they're doing a good job and i think we're getting quality candidates out of it it's just not the way that i would do it you know what i mean okay and um you know, we could always use Chief Petrus back down here. As soon as you get on the pool deck, he takes his, his blouse off, starts flexing <laughs> for the students. What, show my gut? Is that what you want me to do? No, no, you're <laughs> showing your guns, man. Like, <laughs> that's why I leave my blouse on. You know, right. I, don't, I don't want to be embarrassed. So, <clears throat> all right. So what, what, 
Now, I would agree with you. The the folks, the instructors are down there doing a kick-ass job. I'm, before I left Tutu, I was happy with the product and the dues that we were getting. They were professional. They were in shape. They were um, seemed like they were ready to go. They were definitely eager to learn and, and integrated very well. So I, you know, I have a very small pool that I'm kind of drawing from, drawing that conclusion from, but for the most part, I was happy with what, <clears throat> damn it. I was happy with what we were getting. I was sitting here trying to talk and talk and I still can't get rid of this cough. Don't um, cough, don't cough, don't yeah, cough. Exactly. So, so what part would you kind of jump in and change? Cause I, I agree there, they are under, like, I feel for the cadre just in the way that they are under a microscope all the time. People are, all these people to include us are outsiders and we're just like, Hey, you know, saying stuff. And I, I want to be clear. We're not, we're not casting judgment on them. We are not, you know, saying that they're doing a bad job. In fact, I think they're doing a fantastic job. They've, they're running a hell of a program out there. Yeah. It's just, it's just, um, you know, everybody cares, right? It's the best and worst thing about our communities. Everybody's is very invested. Um, but like to, to, to talk about, what I would do, I think it, it's it's helpful to go back in, in time, right? And talk about the way things used to be. Um, so like you, we used to have Indoc for, mm -hmm. for the pararescue folks. And I mean, way back, it was for pararescue and combat control, but I'm not going to go that far back. One of the things that a lot of folks would do before they joined is try to hit Indoc grad standards before they joined to give them a, a better chance for success. And that's, and I understand like the PT tests are like, I don't know, 5% of what happens in the pipeline, yes. not even 5% of what happens in the pipeline. Right. But you know that like that portion, that graded portion, like at one point in your life, you've hit that before. And that way you, it gives you like that, that space to deal with everything else. But like all the standards were, were pretty well known of what you're going to do uh, during NDOC. And the same was for, uh, uh, combat control in Saudi when we, we joined the pipeline as well. The selection course was not that difficult. It was only two weeks. But like as you went through the pipeline, things got harder and there were published standards uh, for your PT tests as you went along all the way through uh, combat control school or, or whatever it was called for Saudi out there at Pope. Right. Um, and I think one of the things that happened was is when we found this new, I mean, I, I was there. I was part of this process a little bit, although they didn't let me play with ANS very much, is we we, we, we started... We, we got a hold of this idea that uh, not every candidate should we should select just because they pass the physical standards. And not every candidate that just barely fails physical standards should we get rid of. And I agree with that, but I think we threw the baby out with the bathwater with the new uh, system that we're running. Okay. I have a feeling like you're alluding to the uh, the assessment and selection of an individual and, and, and you're a number versus, okay. Because when I was at NDOC, we, we, we operated and functioned as a, as a team, as a single entity. Mm -hmm. Sure. There were times, you know, eval day. Yeah. You're, you're on your own. You know, yep. you need to run said, you know, you need to do all the pull-ups, push-ups, and everything like that. That's on you. But all the way up until that eval, the pool set up, um, making sure the areas are clean and, and, and being places on time. All that was a team event, not an individual event. Is that kind of where you're getting at? Is that we've gone too much in that direction? Well, I, mean, I, th I think we've gone too far in the, um, the, the character traits and all this other, all this other stuff that's, mm. that's beyond the, the published standards. 
of what we need to do. Like, so like to me, what there was a, there was a triangle that was like a 5% block off the top was missing. Right. And we all, we've all met those people that uh, graduated in doc or whatever. When all their teammates are like, I don't want this dude on team, but he's a, a physical monstrosity and technically he passed everything. So we're going to pass him. Well, the entire team was like, if we could get rid of this dude, we, we would, yeah. you know what I mean? And then there was the guy that on his final eval, like they just couldn't get him that last by two seconds <laughs> yeah or whatever you know and, and we saw that all the time because like i every once in a while like when uh the, the guy that was running in doc when i was down at the selection course he would almost never send pararescue candidates over to be south or combat control right like he was like no if you fail here like you're out but every once in a while there was like that one candidate that he'd be like i cannot put you back into my course again but we'd get that phone call and he'd be like, hey, this guy's interested in one of your career fields. I'm going to send him over. And we knew what we were getting at that point. We like this guy just needs more time. Yeah. And since our standards on paper were more gradual uh, to the to the end, um, you know, we, we knew that they're going to be a quality candidate. So like we were just missing that that little piece to to be able to officially select someone. That was just not quite there yet and officially non-select someone that just was so far out of bounds um that uh yeah they, they just didn't belong on team but yeah we took that part part of the process and made it like the 95 percent solution and like then we got rid of published standards and all these other things and i think we it's kind of a foul especially for the folks that are outside looking in like what standard are they training for besides the ift and the the oft you know what i mean like like if they uh, did want to exceed the standard and, and go for, you know, said unsaid grad standards, what are they shooting for? Instead of right now, they're kind of shooting for the minimums. Yeah, well, I mean, they're shooting for an unknown at ANS, right? Like, and, and I'm not saying like, like when you were at, when you were going through the pipeline before, like there's a lot of unknowns of what you're going to be doing and how hard your days are going to be. But I just think that confidence of knowing like, hey, I'm already hitting grad standards for my selection course before I even walk in the door does a lot for a candidate oh yeah and, and give them something to, to shoot for right now i gotta push back a little bit because i think uh -huh. that and we've talked about it before we and we've seen it in the discord and, and early on when we first started was everybody was looking for grad standards and they're like i'm not ready to, i'm not going in until i'm at grad standards it's like dude you may never be at grad standards until you are living it Yep. And you're surrounded by it and you're, you're grinding every day instead of, Hey, I'm working out for two hours a day and going to work or going to school. Like when you are in the pipeline, you are immersed in it. You are constantly living it. That can get you to what those grad standards were. Yeah. It could also break you down too, but <laughs> yeah. But also, I, I just to me, it's like a, it was a much more simple process back in the day, right? Like these are the tests that you're going to do. This is what you're doing every day of the week, and then if you meet these numbers, you're in. You know what I mean? Like if you you know survive, and you don't drown, and you don't pop, and you know like you don't do X, Y, and Z, like and you, and you graduate, like that's it. Like it was very black and white, or or more black and white before, and now it's like, what what are the standards at ANS? Does anybody know? No, I I don't know, and you know, and and so okay, so <laughs> even if there were standards, right, and maybe mm -hmm. there are, maybe there aren't. I don't know. It's the you know, 
the I almost equate it to, and I'm not saying I'm for this, but there there is some aspect of this that is is good. Is that unknown distance ruck? That unknown distance run is I don't know, but you just better put out the entire time and not quit. And if we do the 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 run by the Swick building, and you know at the end of six miles, and you think that we're done, you better be prepared for another six and not yep. quit. And you don't know that that's coming, you know, I, there's something to be said for that, you know, getting put through that and, and, and executing through that and seeing how someone's going to act. Yeah, no. And, and I, I think the pipeline is always going to have stuff like that. Right. I, I think it wouldn't be a, a fair assessment of somebody if it didn't have that. I think I, I keep equating the standards to like the simpler process. Like we have like the staff at ANS and all these other things. and and granted. Where I sat before as a functional, like I'm, I'm very concerned with like manpower on the cadre side and all this other stuff and how much time it takes to do everything. And like, I just, I, I can't let go of the fact that we used to do the same type of thing with fewer people and we didn't have to have like as many psych docs and as many contractors. And I love the contractor and I love every, you know, like I, I have like relationships with a lot of these people but I'm like, it doesn't, I think we're overcomplicating the process for an entry level person into the career field. And especially when there's still an entire pipeline ahead of them, you know, like room to grow. And I know that they take a lot of like risk with a, a bunch of these candidates, but I think it would make a lot more sense to a lot more people if you could show on paper, like this was the standard that everybody knows. And this person missed the standard by one. And we picked them up anyway, because of the peer eval and what the instructor said. Like, like that's kind of how it used to work back in the day anyway. And then this is the one person that, but this is the, the, the one that we had a much harder time with this one person we didn't pick up. Why? Because peer evals instructors said they're a terrible human. And like, we just don't see them making it um, to the end, or we don't want to risk the rest of the team by leaving them with the team for the rest of the pipeline. Um, but like, really it should be like a onesie twosie thing, not, this weird, uh, you know, very vague process that they go through. And I know like we've sat down with them and, and they, they talk it through and it's, it's a very like, it's like complicated. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it. And mm -hmm. it's like, like double blind, like they're not picking people based on who they don't know who the candidates are. It's just all these metrics on the screen. And it's, it's, it's impressive. I just think it's too impressive. <laughs> It's, it's, it's a monster. It, it really is. And it's, um, there's a lot of work and a lot of thought that goes into the scheduling and building of an ANS class. Like it is, you know, sitting down with, um, uh, Carpenter and, and talking to him about it and seeing the, the, you know, beautiful mind that he's got up on the freaking whiteboard and all that kind of stuff. But I, I agree. I do think it's, it's, it's almost a, a science versus art kind of thing. I think we've taken a scientific approach to it now and we may have missed the, the art part of it. And I think that art part is the, uh, you know, the peer eval kind of thing, the, the instructor cadre, you know, cause when we did it in doc, if I remember right, I think it was 12, 12 or 16 instructors. Like, yeah. and that was it. There was, you know, maybe, maybe some special warfare mission support, which were combat mission support back then. But, um, and it was all 
PJs and controllers. I'm just speaking for Indoc, right? Yeah. And um, as a as a cone, it seemed like it was, you know, people are out there just kind of doing wild dingo stuff. You knew that every, I think it was every Monday there was an email, if I remember right. You know, so so you were fresh, but um, you know, it seemed unplanned. And you know that when they'd come toss the dorms at 1 a.m., 2 a.m., you're like, oh, my God, you know, one of them's angry. They got in a fight with their wife, and now they're here just taking it out on us. Where, you know, especially talking to Ivan Ruiz, if you – if you, and I'm not saying that pro- that probably did happen occasionally. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> like that, maybe. That is – probably did happen. But at the same time, if you were to go back and see the, the cadre schedule board for, for those, you know, 16 cadre – Things mm-hmm. were meticulously planned out. Okay, who who's assigned to showing up at the dorms at three a.m. and tossing it? You know, okay, there's two cadre doing that. Okay, we're gonna have an extra smoke session after this pool, or you know, extracurricular training or whatever it's called now. After this pool session, that was planned, and we can always find something to say. Oh, you messed this up, and that is what's causing the smoke session. Um. You know, but like I said, as a cone, you're just like, oh my god, it's 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 just happening to us, you know. Yeah, yeah, and and and, and it seems like chaos, I think, to students. But like, it's it's amazing how planned out all these things always have been, uh, coming at it from the other side. And I think one of the things you mentioned, and maybe this is where my biggest gripe is, and and this is the 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 active duty folks. I feel like maybe I just feel like we're cheating are active duty folks by not giving them like more say in what happens. You know what I mean? Like, like ANS is awesome, but it's a bunch of contractors. There's not really that many active duty folks over there. Just like, so we just don't have that many people, but it's just like, Hey, like if, if all my Braywares over here, you know, minus maybe with the two new guys to the cadre team, but if they're all saying like, we shouldn't pick this guy up for team, like, why wouldn't we trust them? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I, I just, I, it, I feel like, and I know this is, this is me with feelings today. Like, why wouldn't we give our active duty folks the chance to develop themselves to, to have that say in the career field? Like if they, if you've seen like six classes go through, like you kind of know what's what and like take their, you know, take their advice, you know, like they know what they're doing based on the peer evals and what the cadre think. They see these, these folks every single day in like the worst environment imaginable they know who's going to be good and who's not going to be good. And I just think we've gotten away from that. And maybe that's my biggest, my biggest gripe about it. Well, I think that's because it's, you, you run the risk of there's a personal bias. I don't like what that, you know, I don't like what that person looks like, or I don't like where that person's from or, or some, some kind of stupid bullshit like that. Whereas there's always going to be bias, but guess what? If you have people on the team, you have cadre members, Saying like, look, I saw this this freaking turd doing X, Y, and Z. Like when no one's looking, of course he's doing that because no, he doesn't have the discipline and doesn't, you know, think that when no one's looking, he's going to do this. Yeah, that that's why we should bounce this dude freaking immediately. Yeah, yeah, and I, and I, I don't know. I, I and I I can, I can see both sides of it too, right? Because that there is a a, a tendency for. This is going to go back to what we always talk about. There's a tendency for people to drift, right? 
like the pipelines got harder and harder over time, depending on who you ask, right? Like, uh, like the, the the stuff outside of the the published standards seemed to get harder as people came back through the pipeline because we're emotional creatures and everybody remembers the worst day in the pipeline. And if you're not, if you don't have strong leadership over the cadre, then they will, or they have been known to devolve into it just being much harder than it needs to be and and not knowing the purpose for why they're doing everything that they're doing yeah so you gotta have a strong personality you know to 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 grab the the cadre you know by the collar and and keep track of them and, and keep them on task because you're right the the and I'm not saying that they they go off and do their own thing, but you're you're right, man. We we really do remember the worst day of the pipeline, and they were like, "Oh yeah, Cones, you're gonna feel that. <laughs> you're gonna feel it today." And then the next day happens, and the next day happens, and it it, it really does. It it's it spirals, and then you know. But in reality, those cadre probably you know when I went through, if I were to go back through, like as a fly on the wall on sea, I would I would probably realize that it wasn't that actually. Wasn't that bad? Yeah. You know, it, it, my, my mind made it that way because I was in the trenches. It was happening to me. It was just, oh my God, you know, and it, and, and to take my age into account too, you know, I'm a, I'm a young dude, you know, never left home kind of thing. And man, it's terrible. It's the worst day of my life every single day. Yep. Probably not and, that bad, actually. <laughs> and it's kind of like that meme where you're like, Cadre hate me. And like behind closed doors, they're like, I don't think about you at all. Yeah. Like, like the amount of personal attention you got was probably way less than, you know, like than what it felt like. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> but, but I think one of those things is, is we, we neglect the training command as a community sometimes. And it's, it's, it's so like, I'm a unique situation where I spent so much time on the training side because I'm a terrible team guy. Um, but there, there is an art to it. Right. And so like, if you don't have that strong, like senior NCO leadership to explain what you're doing, why you're doing it and to keep everybody in line, I think that's the problem. But like, if, if leadership is not willing to like hold the cadre accountable, I think we've replaced the human element with these processes. And I think really like I was saying before, like that's what, what bothers me is it's so process oriented. It's so many outside influences uh, doing what they do during ANS. It's so in the dark. Um, and uh, I, I just think, you know, you put 10, 15 beret wares down there with a strong leadership team and they could do the exact same thing for a lot less money and be a lot more open about what's going on. Yeah, we we have um hmm. Yeah, it's it's um uh, I'm I'm uh <laughs> I'm trying to buy time cuz I had something really good and then I'm lost it. So I'm trying to <laughs> So while we're doing that, let's <laughs> let's talk about ET Alpha Fitness in their yeah. uh their programs. Kevin Edgerton use the code uh one ready. That's the numerical one. And then ready, get yourself programmed, prep for uh, any kind of ANS, since we're talking about ANS, or any other kind of Ranger pipeline, SEAL pipeline, stuff like that. Uh, Kevin's been doing this a long time since we're talking about trainers and contractors and, you know, all the all the extra people. Like he is or was one of those folks that was doing that. So he knows what he's talking about. 
So get yourself yeah. a training plan if you're trying to go into it. Yeah, regardless of whether ANS ever changes across the board, Kevin's going to get you ready, and you'll you'll be you'll be ready to go, and he'll he'll prep you for every step of the way. And and the the great thing about Kevin is is how quickly he gets back to you if you have any questions, problems, concerns, or whatever. He's very personal. He's very you know humans before hardware and all that other stuff. Very soft about it. So he's very <laughs> in in the weeds with you and and making sure you you understand what's going on and and why you're doing things and and making sure you're getting everything that you need. Yeah. Thanks for helping me uh, try and buy time so I can remember, try and remember. I still didn't get it, but I, I, I vaguely remember what I was trying to talk about. So I, you're right. I would love, we have historically, um, I don't want to say not valued, but undermanned uh, any any kind of AETC, whether that is, you know, all the stuff at Lackland, whether that's Panama City at the dive school, whether that's Yuma for free fall or combat control school, like we have... Because guys, especially with what we were going through since 01, the dudes didn't want to go. They wanted because I don't think, I, and I know you get this, but the, for the folks out there, it's a deployment is everything to us. It's everything. It's all it, it's it's all this training, all all the time that they put in in high school, college, in the pipeline, just getting crushed day in and day out all the training trips that we'd go on all the all the times coming out to vegas to do close air support training for you know 18 hour days <laughs> now's my chance to go deploy prove myself validate myself and that's all i want to do and now you're telling me that i need to go be an instructor dude i don't want to miss that appointment i don't want to miss being the next you know the, the opportunity to be the next Rob Gutierrez, the next, the next Mike LaMonica, the next freaking Mike Perillo, like the next Ivan Ruiz. It, it, like, deployments are everything. That's why it's tough to man. Well, maybe not now, but it was tough to man. And it's still tough now because we're still doing stuff. It's not in the forefront of what everybody's seeing on the news. But again, if... A lot of dudes don't want to do the instructor gig right now because they're like, ooh, something could, something, the big one could pop off. The big one could pop off. And if I'm on year one or I'm six months into my first, you know, uh, term as being an instructor, I might miss it all. That's yeah. why. Well, and, yeah. And an instructor tour is not easy, right? It's, no. it's, it's different. You know, you, you definitely are home more maybe depending on your instructor at uh i know the the folks out of pope it's not necessarily the case all the time depending on their manpower situation or a bunch of other things but um but it is it, the, i think the hardest thing about being an instructor is when stuff pops off and you're just like so i'm just gonna go run the flight line again with these <laughs> chuckleheads well you know but on the other side of that I like you've got it as a, as an active duty dude going back and being an instructor. You've got to understand that you are shaping the next generation of PJ, CCT, TACP, SR that are coming into the pipeline. It is so important. So all the things that you, whether it's you don't like about yourself, you don't like about some of your teammates, or you've seen some of the the, the new products coming in, that is your way to help change that culture, take that 
characteristic or whatever out of the people that are coming in that you were you were no kidding integrating into the DNA of these folks coming in and going to the teams. And that's incredibly important as an instructor. And it shouldn't be taken lightly because these folks that are coming in are going to be the ones that are making sure that our way of life in America maintains what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and that was like, honestly, like one of the best things. And Aaron and I have talked about it, being an instructor and then going on team with the same folks. And for me, it was a little bit different because at the time, all the Southies were together at Hurlburt, right? So like when I came off instructor duty, everybody, everybody that I'd trained for like the last four years was there in one place. And I got to see all these folks perform and go through their careers and all these other things. And yeah, I really put it in perspective. Um, so I just think like my first instructor tour, I had a lot more say over what happened uh, for our folks as a staff sergeant than I think our folks get say in the, the initial processes of how we do this. Mm. And, and I'm always, I'm always pushing back, I think against replacing leadership and humans with processes. Like it's so much easier for a command team to, to identify a problem and try to fix it with a process instead of with real difficult leadership. You know what I mean? Well, that's because that's what we've been taught to do. We've been taught to automate. If you can automate it and make and lessen the decision, like, okay, well, there's, there's no decision here. It's, this is the left and right bounds. And so that makes it easier. That's why I'm not saying it's right. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that that's what we've been conditioned to do is automate and make a process so that there's no obscure, you know, anomalies. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the problems with all of us, like, and I know I had, I probably had some problems with this as well, is that that GWAT generation, not, we didn't have like, we'd had discipline issues, but like you had to do something pretty horrific mm-hmm. to get kicked out of the career field because we needed everybody so bad. And especially if you're a performer downrange, you know, like discipline just wasn't, you know, everybody, everybody was like motivated, like you said, to deploy. So like we we could fix things and just move forward. You know, like there wasn't a lot of, you didn't have to do that much on that end, or you didn't have to guide people through things. You didn't have to, you know, do something to, that could possibly harm someone's career and hope that they pull out of it later. Uh, like paperwork wise and all that other stuff, like paperwork wasn't, you know, <laughs> no, we didn't, we didn't in the early two thousands, there was no such thing as paperwork. And we didn't do paperwork. And I'm, I'm even now I'm still not a fan of paperwork because I would rather bring you into the office and let's have a real chat about this rather than give you an LO, uh, letter of uh, counseling or, or reprimand. Um, yeah. And at the same time, I also, I also do need you. I need our dudes rough around our edges. Mm-hmm. I need them to be, I need them to be able to speak intelligently and articulate and brief, you know, two, three, four star generals. I need that. But you got to know when to turn it on and turn it off. I still want them rough. I still want them, you know, and we, we talked to Dr. Preston Klein, it, like <clears throat> we need to have that rough part about us because we've got to be able to go into places and do things that people aren't willing to do at the same time. We also have to know that we're living in the, the, the bounds and the construct of what we're living in within the Air Force and the DOD, and we can't tolerate DUIs. We can't tolerate 
you know, other things, name it, I'm, I'm drawing a blank, but like our hands are essentially tied at that point. It's not that I'm throwing you under the bus because you get a DUI or something like that. It's like, dude, I, I can't do anything for you. Yeah. Well, like, you, you got to protect the crew field and the organization and all that other stuff as well. Right. But like, you know, like, I, I, I don't know. I just, it, it's hard for me sometimes to try to figure out like where the problem lies. And I, I, I that, that roughness uh, and that art of like, when you went through the pipeline, like the, the instructors having a little bit of latitude to do what they saw as necessary. And you probably didn't see like all the arguments that they had with each other behind closed oh, doors. Yeah. Every once in a while, you know, a cadre member will go out there and go a little wild. And everybody's there, and then, like while they're out there, they're like, "Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah," and they probably went behind closed doors and fists were thrown a few times. I guarantee it. Like, what are you doing, man? Like, what are you? But like, the the cadre is its own team that self regulates or should self regulate with another echelon above it that should come down and be like, "Hey, like, I gave you guys a wide path. You're veering off. Fix it now, or I'm going to fix it for you." Um, but like that, the 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 roughness is where the magic happens. The, mm -hmm. the personal experience, the letting people be who they are, the maximizing the human potential and the talents of the people below you, I think is, is what I'm always trying to get after through the simplest process possible without tying their hands and, and, and taking away who they are. Like, I, I don't think the cones should see a, a, a cadre member and all he says is, these are your directions, go. Like, there's a time and a place for that, but like, they need to know who that guy is. He needs to be able to tell a story. He needs to be able to like freak out every once in a while and explain to them why this is so important, you know, in a, in a wartime situation. Yeah. And I, and I, and, and I'll tell you what, after, you know, I won't say how many years, but I still remember that from NDOC. I still remember, you know, uh, Dave Swan who, who had an issue with his, his thumb, right. Who had lost his thumb or had a degloved, right. I still remember him being nice and calm during like evaluation day, very, you know, here's the task condition standard. Here's what you're expected. And there's no, um, you know, I, I don't want to say hazing cause it's not hazing, but there's no, you know, getting, getting crazy with it. Right. It was very even keel boom. But whenever we would mess up and not pay attention to detail, i.e., you know, marking water bottles, marking gear, that kind of stuff, or having unserviceable gear, you know, um, we, I, I mean, I vague, not vaguely, I, I, in detail, remember him talking about why it's so important. Now he's yelling at the time, but you know, cause he had a, a, a hoist cable wrap around his thumb at night because oh. some, because the cable guy wasn't, it wasn't even his, I mean, I sure, I guess you boil down everything's your own fault, but he, uh, the, the guy that was holding the cable wasn't paying attention to it as that night. And it just had done a loop around it and gone. Oh. Right. So, <sighs> and, and that's why he's. And and that is why the, the the attention to detail is so important. And that's why you hear the cadre and you hear people selling you attention to detail, attention to detail, because it is going to save your life and others' lives or or at least save you from injury because it's so important. Things can happen like that, innocuous things that you're just like, yeah, whatever, that, that doesn't seem too bad. It, it can go, yep. it can go real bad real fast yeah so yeah man i'm just you know as we as we talk through it right like so like i i have like an idea in my head of what i, I how to fix ans fix in a relative term right like or, or whatever like things that i would like to see improved but like i think that that's what it really comes down to is i just want to see the cadre be able to be cadre you know and i, yeah. I want to see them developed and i and i think in much the same way 
that cadre that come back to the pipeline are like emotional about their experience. And, and I were like, well, and I, I remember talking to this dude one time that was cadre that was a former student of mine being like, this course made me who I am. Like he was at, he was at Keesler and I had been at Keesler. And I was like, bro, like it was only hard for you because you kept jacking up. <laughs> so like, but like he was trying, he, the, he was, he was doing things with good intentions because he wanted them to have the same experience he had. And it's hard for me, I guess. I, I think my blind spot is I learned so much being a cadre member about all these different things, about the the when to turn it on, when to, you know, be professional. Had guys like Jake Chandler really show me the way of of that that line on on where to be. And and like, no, this is what's on paper. This is what we're doing, but we're still gonna get these these folks to where they need to be to to move on to the next course. Um and and how much growth I experienced during those years and, and how much I was able to like kind of move around and do what I needed to do and, and then go back on team with those guys and see them deploy and deploy with them and, and all these other things. It's difficult for me to see the current way that we're doing things and to not, you know, feel a certain way about it. Well, it's because we're emotionally invested in this. We care about it because we care about the community. We care about the future of of the community. And we have we are using our real life experiences. Like this isn't coming back. This isn't going, well, I experienced this during Indoc, so you're going to experience this during ANS. It is, listen, dude, on the mountains in Afghanistan, the streets in Mosul, um, the, the whatever, you know, off the coast of Africa, these are what I experienced. And I know what I wish, I know what I wish I had known before doing this and I need to impart that knowledge and that experience onto you now and test you now here in a controlled environment versus out there. Yep. Like the coldest I was ever was not in the pipeline. It was for sure, for sure. Operationally. <laughs> you know? Dude, I'm getting chills right now. Just thinking about it. Like, so, you know, if you think that the hardest part of the pipeline or the hardest part of your career is going to be the pipeline, you were likely mistaken. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm not doing, I mean, I, I haven't had to do real world buddy breathing or anything like that, you know, because yeah. tanks run out or anything or something gets fouled. But, you know, there have been times where it's like, dude, I don't, this is freaking scary. <laughs> dude, well, yeah. I mean, that is funny. Like people were talking about like with, with dive being removed now, like, well, why even do water stuff? And we always talk about like the same thing. Like I remember the first time being under uh, a 53. So that's how long ago it was doing like hoist operations. And you're like, oh, like this is, this is why <laughs> this is, this is awful. Like <laughs> It doesn't like everybody like, and there's like a, a you know, like a, 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 you know, what do they call that? A, the thing that we're not supposed to do. Anyway, there's a whole group of dudes. And then there's a cable. You can't see anything. People are going under and coming back. You know, like, everybody's yeah. trying to tread and see where everything's at. And it's it's chaos. And it's like, yeah, you need to be able to maintain your your composure under those conditions. Like, when you come out of the helo and you're you're doing all these other things, like, it's not just dive school, y'all. Like, we yeah. the, the water covers, you know, most of the earth. And so, like, people that are like, oh, why do you even swim anymore? It's like, because that's important. And honestly, yeah getting control of that part of your, your, you know, nervous system, your fight or flight, when, you know, your face gets hit with water is incredibly important no matter what. 
Yeah, so, and it's I mean, it, all of that plus it's a good workout and 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 all that kind of stuff and and I mean it's it's scary being in the in the ocean when you can't see below you and you know that you're swimming in shark infested waters. Like you know suit. it. <laughs> and it's cold. The Pacific is so cold. Oh, there's oh. there's I mean, I don't know how many parts of your brain you have to shut down to just be like, and we're just going to do this. Like don't don't think about this. Don't think about that. Like have it like way back in the back of your brain if something actually did happen. I guess this is what we're going to do, but like if a if a snark a shark snags you, like that's that's the end of that. You know what helps though? Is having the dudes around you when you're in it. Like, it'd be one thing if it was just me out there, you know, doing a dive in the Pacific, just me. Like, that's no thanks. But you know, if you you put me a team of of six dudes or or eight dudes or whatever, and we're all on a, a buddy line, or we're getting you know doing doing whatever, or we're out there floating. It's just I feel a lot better. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's, the, it's the, a weird thing. The solo mission isn't going to happen until after you retire when you have like a cabin in the woods and the helicopter shows up. Oh, yes. You're like, you know, that's mm. not who I am anymore. And they're like, we need you. You're the only one that can do this. Solo oh, dive mission. Are we are we talking about Rambo or Commando right now? I, I mean, Commando is the classic, I think, okay. when it comes All to right. that. I'm game for that. I'm game for some Commando. The, the, I forget what the colonel is in Rambo. That, that guy. He's a terrible human being. It's a piece of crap. He's the he's the villain of the whole movie. Yep. And anybody that doesn't see him as the villain, like the sheriff's an a hole. But he's oh not yeah, the yeah villain. for sure. Yeah. All all Rambo needed was a teammate. All he needed was a teammate. Yep. And he just sold him up the freaking river. <sighs> and I and I think if we were better teammates, we would worry more about uh, professionally developing our cadre members than we worry about processing them out of having to make leadership decisions. <laughs> well, um, I, I agree with you. I agree with you there. Um, I think that we, you, you're talking about an empowerment kind of thing. Yeah. And giving them a voice. Yeah. I just, yeah. It, and it's not just ATC these days. I, I don't know. Like, and, and correct me where I'm wrong. And this is just me complaining about the air force in general right now it seems like the power the decision making processes keep getting pushed further and further up the chain um and and fewer and fewer people are willing to take risk the yes. further down you go and if you don't take risk then you're only going to get vanilla you know like that's all you're going to get you're not going to that there's no magic in, in a no risk situation. And the, the community is like, we thrive on that. We thrive on that roughness. We thrive on the, the risk taking, like that's what we exist for. And like, otherwise we're just air force operations, you know, like, why do we exist if we don't take risk? hundred percent agree. And, and I want to clarify, we, we complain about the air force and we complain about the community because we care about it. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it's, but no, you're right. There has been a drask, uh, drask. <laughs> so like Dude, a Marvel okay. character or. Yeah. I, okay. There has been a large shift in the, in risk aversion. Um, 
for whatever reason. I, I don't know if it's a control or a cover your ass kind of thing that people just don't want to take risks. But if we do not push risks in training, if we do not push risk to a, a senior airman or a staff sergeant and going, you know, if going back to your instructor part, if there's a staff sergeant instructor and he is telling you this person needs to go or we really need to keep this guy. I have seen something in this person's character. Got it. They missed it. They missed whatever by whatever amount, you know, but I'm, I'm telling you, this person has exactly what we're looking for. Yep. We've got to listen to him or her. Yes, we have to. If you've got like your, your staff and your tech walk into your office and say that, you know, like, come on, like these, these aren't the, the amount of experience that these folks rack up so early on and the, the, the capability within these folks, like, I, I get it if like a, a, a single staff sergeant was like, we need to keep this guy and everybody else is like, yeah, but like if your cadre members are all like on the same page or mostly on the same page about somebody, like you, you should listen to them. Like they know what they're doing. They see the students all the time. And so like it's, it, it's hard for me to, to not, to not <laughs> listen to them. You know, like you, you nailed it. They're with them all the time. Yeah. If you're a, if you're an O five and you're sitting in a freaking and I'm not I'm not picking on the the squadron commander at the special warfare like I'm not doing that I'm just talking about in general if if you have an E four or E five E six coming to you and going this is messed up and this is the the truth out of this is the ground truth okay maybe don't believe it to a hundred percent but at least give it some credence and and believe it to a certain point uh, amount and then go do some fact finding because you're probably getting some emotional data on that side of the house. And mm. you know, there's three sides to every story, but at the same time, like, dude, if somebody is telling you, you got to keep this person or you got to boot this person, man, there's got, you're going to have to look into it. And, and I, I'm a full disclosure here. And, and so that everybody knows I have never been an AETC or an air education training command instructor. So take for whatever I'm saying, like, and just, flick it away it doesn't well, matter but I, I think i remember the story of of where i got my feelings hurt and why this matters so much to me okay i was uh, when i was an instructor the first time at keesler i had a student um who had had some problems but like physically was weird like could just run super fast could do like muscle ups like it was nothing like he would call it like the no arm muscle up you know like but like he wasn't gonna make it and I remember there was a, he'd met, he'd had like a discipline issue. And I was like, we just need to get rid of this guy. We need to make him weather. I, I ended up sitting down with the major in charge of the weather schoolhouse. And I said, we need to get rid of this guy. Like he'd be great at weather. Like he's smart or whatever. He's just not going to be a good Saudi. And the major looks at me and goes, okay, he calls the student in. And the student says whatever he has to say. Like, no, I want to stay. I want to do this, blah, blah, blah. The major in front of me looks at this student and goes, I'm going to choose to believe you. And I'm going to leave you in the pipeline. Like, and, and, and so like, go off, go forth and, and do whatever you're going to do. The dude ended, ends up washing out. Like, I didn't have any like real grounds to wash him out other than this discipline issue. But I was like, this is the opportunity to get rid of this guy that that's not going to make it. You know, and at this point I'd seen a, a ton of students, you know, and it wasn't emotional for me. I liked the kid. Like, and I think that's the problem. And also I was telling this weather major that this guy was going to be a good weather person, but not a good Southie, which I think hurt his feelings a little bit. But I was just like, I knew that he wasn't going to make it. And like, you just, 
like take my opinion and, and just disregard it. Like, I'm not trying to get rid of this kid. I'm not trying to kick him out of the military, yeah. which is what ended up happening and a bunch of other bad things. But like, jeez, oh, you know, like, it's just like, I don't, I don't understand. Like I see this kid every day. Yeah. And, and I, I like him, but like, this is not the way it should go. And like to my face basically was just like, I don't care what you think. So that's, that is the problem to me is the having both of you there going, I'm going to choose to believe you. You're free to go kind of thing. That yeah. is the issue to me. Even if that was the decision, it's like, okay, Cone, beat it. Um, I'll, I'll address you later or, or Sergeant Sieg Miller will address you later. And, and then like, hey, dude, I got it. I appreciate the candid feedback. Like, we'll keep an eye on him. We're, I'm going to choose to retain him for right now. But, you know, obviously he's in a, he's on a micro. That's how it should have been handled. Not a, I'm going to choose to believe him. Oh, those were the words. It, it, I was I was very upset. But like, yeah. I think one of the problems is if you're if you're like a an E7 or in a leadership position and above, right? We tend to mellow out as we get older. But remember that as a staff sergeant, like they might sound like you, you're dealing with highly motivated E5s, E6s as cadre. They might, it might sound emotional to you, but it's probably not. They just care a lot and they speak the way that they speak. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Like, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people think that we're just like very emotional people all the time. And like, I've been in meetings where people be like, well, I wouldn't say it like that. Okay. And we're like, we're just being straightforward. And I think it's interpreted a different way a lot of times by leadership and that's why they're like oh these guys are just emotional or they just want to get rid of them or they have like a personal agenda or something that's that's how it seems to me it's interpreted and i don't i haven't figured out a, a, the best way to fix that yet so this is not my fix this is just what i noticed the dudes here at the trench do and, and granted they're they're seasoned dudes right they're all techs and masters and and senior masters but um, they recognize exactly what you're talking about in terms of, okay, I know that my language, you know, and my, my use of the, the English language in this particular instance is not going to be received very well. So Peaches, help me, help me draft or craft how I should say it, or can you say this for me, you know, so yeah. that it is kind of you know all those rough edges are just kind of smooth out a little bit where it's there's still some sting there's still some emotion in there but it's not you're not going to ostracize somebody you're not going to hurt their feelings to where they're just shut off you know yeah. I, and you're right i think that that just comes with lots and lots of meetings lots Jeez. of meetings <laughs> well, i think i think what, what hosts me in my career is like i've had commanders that are like when they tell me like give me a no bs assessment they actually mean it you know like that's the problem is like going back and forth between people is difficult sometimes because like you know i've had certain stoke commanders that are like yeah tell me and like i'll i'll say it exactly how i feel it and they're like cool got it like yeah. let's let's do that and then like you you run into the next commander and they're like tell me no kidding how what you think and you tell them no kidding how you think and they're like whoa Easy, buddy. <laughs> what is wrong? You know, like obviously, like you're about a few less f bombs. How about yeah, that? You're you seem way too close to this problem. You're like I I'm in the problem, man. I'm in the problem. I am the problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 
in a world. So part of that is we, we don't just deal with our own community, right? We don't just communicate with our own community. We don't just communicate with, with NSW or USASOC or Green Berets and SEAL teams and stuff like that. We communicate a lot with the Air Force and some communities like, for example, my, um, my boss, the commandant, right? Um, vice, he's very aggressive. I can, I can, when he asks for my opinion or he asks for opinion of one of the other commanders or, or senior enlisted, he wants very, very candid feedback or he doesn't want you to sugarcoat it at all, which is refreshing. It's really nice, you know, and there's a lot of the, the commanders at the weapons school that are like that. Right. But that doesn't necessarily translate to, I don't know, the, the, the finance commander or the, the, you know, whatever commander, the weather commander on Nellis or something like that. Cause if I rolled in there and talked the way that I, <laughs> I speak to them, the way that I speak to vice, uh, yeah. Vice is probably going to get a phone call. <laughs> yeah. You're going to get banned from their building. Yeah. I'll, I'll get, I'll get vice won't fire me for that. General Goodman might fire me for that, but <laughs> vice won't fire me for that. Right. Uh, but, but it's important. We, we, we do it and we talk about it because we care about it. It, and we, and we, we care about the folks. We care about the, the, we, I'm, I'm using this loosely. We care about the cones. We don't care about you. No, I'm kidding. We, we <laughs> I care. can't even say it with a straight face. No, we, we care about you and we care about the, your physical ready. <laughs> Man, I'm trying not to cough. We care about your physical readiness. We care about your characteristics and we care about the community and we care about the dudes that are on the team, which is why we are so critical of the pipeline. Cause we want to make sure that you're getting exactly what you need to be. We want to make sure you're getting assessed and trained and selected appropriately and how you need to be. And we care about the dudes on the team. And what we don't want to do is have somebody who's not ready, who's not motivated, who can't be trusted on the teams working right next to our buddies and our friends that are out there doing the mission. And then you guys go out together and you do some, do some kind of operation and you get them killed. That's why we care about it. Yep. Sorry. Also care. No, no. And also care about the cadre, right? It's a reciprocal. Yeah. Everybody's, everybody's leveling up. Everybody should be leveling up during the process, not just the students. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, but what, I mean, the thing that I would do is I would focus on hydration. So drinkhoist.com, get you some hydration. Uh, they've got lots of packet, <clears throat> packets. They've got the ready to drink and they got the black cherry flavor, which is unreal. Dude, my family found my stash of black cherry the other day mm. and it, it gone. It ain't gone, dude. That by far my favorite flavor now. So drink. <clears throat> Sorry, hoist for coughing during your ad read. Um, drinkhoist.com, use the promo code when ready. Uh, and then obviously go over to onesready.com, check out our merch, check out our flags, our shirts, our hoodies, our hats. That's what right here. You can get over there. No promo code required. And same with Attack Lead. Attack Lead is actually on onesready.com. You can get all the gear that they sell right there, all the bundles and everything. No promo code required. It's uh it's already built in. So you can do that too. There How it about is. that? Sweet. I think that's it. I think the the only thing we we have left to say is uh in the words of the, the great Ivan Ruiz, make Indoc great again. <laughs> That'll go over well. <laughs> yeah, that's gonna be great. Yeah. Obviously 
obviously we care. So that's, that's the only reason we're talking about it. I'm not sure that we provided, at least I'm not sure I provided any actual good feedback or, or input or, or solutions. Um, I just think it should be a, a simplified process. So uh, let us know what you think. Uh, feel free to push back. Aaron's not on this one, so sorry. We, I mean, he would have had, he would have gone fire. You know how he does. He goes on a rant, and it's well articulated, and he says it really fast. I was just trying to make up for that <laughs> during that rant. Actually, I was just trying to make it to where I could, uh, you know, say it between coughing. <laughs> I think, I think we reached it. So yeah, yeah. Appreciate everybody listening. Like and right. subscribe. Leave reviews. Yeah. All right. We're out here. Later, dude. Later.